What's up y'all, Daphne here and welcome back to Seriously What the Frick. So this week it's a, it's pretty sad. Like I don't like it's I feel so bad for this guy. Like it's kind of a scary story. Like it's just, so much happens and it's just it you're definitely just saying like what the fuck is happening? This week we are talking about the very gruesome murder of Tom McLean. So beforehand, I'm actually going to do a little bit of a viewer discretion, like a warning pretty much, just because this shit's kind of graphic and it's very just like a lot of, it involves a lot of weird shit. So just kind of like a viewer discretion is is advised. If you're not comfortable with this, just fucking listen to someone else. I don't know. So warning, adult dialogue, graphic description of crime scenes and cannibalism and other weird shit. Your discretion is advised. Now that's how you do a proper warning. Okay, I'm just gonna shut the fuck up and I'm gonna, you know, get started with the fucking story. Okay, I'm done, I'm sorry. Tim McLean was born October 3rd, 1985. He grew up in a very small town called Eli, Manitoba. Ellie? Fuck, I forgot to... I forgot how that was pronounced. So sorry. Um, but it's outside of Winnipeg, Canada. Um, I literally couldn't find anything about this guy's childhood since, like, a lot of people are hung up on, like, this Vince Lee guy that I'll talk about way later. Um, not way later, but you know what I mean. Um, but Tim was kind of just known to be a very good people person. He loved to meet new people. He just got along with everyone. Like, if he didn't know you, he knew you. Like, he made a, you know, like, he went up to you and said hello and was just a very, very friendly person. So when Tim was 22 in 2008, a childhood friend hit him up and was like, hey, like, are you doing anything this summer? And Tim says, nah. He probably didn't, like, say that, but he, he said something along. He did, he wasn't doing anything that summer, so he probably said, like, no or something. Um, so he says no, and he's not doing anything this summer. And she tells him to go pack his bags for, like, a week because she has a job opportunity for him. So this job opportunity ended up being like a carny for a carnival. It wasn't like a permanent job since it did require a lot of travel, you know, since carnivals move and shit. But the quick gig ended up being like lasted all summer, or like a majority of the summer. So they didn't know how long they'd be gone for. He literally just packed his bag for like a week and they were there for, uh, yeah, he was gone for way longer than a fucking week. But this job ended up being fucking perfect for Tim since, like I said earlier, Tim loved to meet new people and travel and shit. And that's exactly what you do as a carny. You constantly meet new people and travel. So Tim ended up developing a very big passion for this job. But Tim's girlfriend ended up getting pregnant, or at least I think it was his girlfriend. I couldn't find much on anyone really involved in this, like, it like. I can only really find what actually happens, but nothing like about the background about the people. So that's kind of annoying, but I get it. But we're just going to say that it was his girlfriend. Um, her name was Colleen and she had been married before, but she got a divorce and her and Tim were extra childhood friends who kind of went their separate ways after high school. But they got a talking, but they kind of like started talking again after she went through her divorce and she was pregnant. And then Tim decided not to go to the next carnival stop in Regina so he could start his move out to British Columbia where he disliked it. So he was going to move from Winnipeg to British Columbia. A lot of his friends offered to help play, uh, like, 
pay for a plane ticket, but for some reason, Tim just really insisted on taking the Greyhound, the Greyhound bus, which was like a 24-hour bus ride, by the way, but for some reason, he just really took, he just wanted to fucking take the bus, I guess. But um, roughly after midnight on July 30th, 2008, Tim started his 24-hour journey on bus 1170 back to Winnipeg. There is another passenger that I really need to talk about. Um, the spoiler, he, he kills Tim. And I, like, I know, I'm sorry, but like I said, the gruesome murder of Tim. And obviously, like, y'all knew he was going to fucking die. And if I just started talking about this other guy, obviously, y'all hopefully would have put the fucking pieces together and be like, y'all, that guy killed Tim. So now we're going to talk about the guy that kills Tim real quick. And we're going to meet up. Okay, cool. So, Vincent Lee was born in Dangdong, China, on April 30th, 1968. He graduated from the Wuhan Institution of Technology with a bachelor's in computing, and he ended up migrating to Canada in 2001 and became official Canadian citizen in November of 2006. He worked in Winnipeg, um, Winnipeg for a bit at a church, and his old boss had a lot of good things to say about Vince. Um, one, there was no signs of aggression, so this caught a lot of people by surprise. Um, you know, he was happy to just have a job because he was having a little bit of a hard time because of a language barrier because, you know, he's from China. And, um, yeah. So, I mean, which I understand, like, he's very frustrated because learning a new language is very hard. And English, in general, is just hard for people even fluent in it, i.e. me. Like, that's, I, I don't know if y'all can tell by my speech dyslexia. And I don't know if y'all listened to my previous episodes, but um, I can't fucking talk. So just learning a new language is like hard and shit. So like, I kind of like, I get it. But like, no, he was just very frustrated in the language barrier because he wasn't able to communicate to coworkers and, you know, his peers and his, you know, anyone that he needed to communicate with in order to get like shit done. So yeah, but he was just very thankful that he even had a job regardless. Overall, the man was pretty happy. He had a job to help support his wife, Anna, who, I mean, and Vince also just worked a lot of odd jobs too, like Walmart, newspaper delivery, fast food, etc. And he was getting a little no- annoyed because he had this degree in computer programming, but he couldn't work in a place where his college de- degree kind of mattered. So, I mean, I-, I feel like that would piss anyone off too, to be honest. So, but he was actually diagnosed with schizophrenia and that was left untreated for a very long time. It doesn't really help with anything. And I guess at some point, him and Anna end up getting divorced and he left her a letter that for some reason he leaves her a letter that just says, quote, I'm gone. Don't look for me. I wish you were happy. End quote. That is a very real edgy fucking man. So Vince didn't really say where he was going. There was like no report of it. He kind of just dipped out of his marriage and said bye. Like, according to Anna, or Anna, I don't fucking know. um, It was complete surprise. Like, she just didn't see it coming, and then one day he kind of just dipped out. So, on July 29th, Vince gets on a bus to Winnipeg, and then around, like, six-ish that, like, night, he gets off to Erickson, Maritoba, ends up spending the night on the bench next to a grocery store, and I guess one witness kind of just saw him sitting right up on a bench with wise, just, like, with his eyes just fucking wide open at, like, three in the morning, which is kind of fucking weird. Also, what was that guy doing at three in the morning? But, alright, that's just, like, a witness that he saw. No. Just something that a witness saw the night before. And I guess Vince had like three things of luggage with him and he sold some of it to make money. 
for some fucking reason. Please, I don't know, pay for the bus? I don't fucking know. Anyway, so Vince just sells his shit, and he's just waiting for the one and only bus that would come that day to that stop. So he's, he's just waiting on, like, just one fucking bus. Like, there's only one bus that's gonna come that day, and he's just waiting for that one. And finally, the bus comes around about 6.55 p.m. It pulls up, Vince gets on the bus. You know, and it was, like, a rest stop, so a whole bunch of people are getting off the bus, like, kind of either being dropped off at their stop, or, like, you know... Just stretching their legs, going for a smoke break, shit like that. Um, according to people on the bus, when Vince got on, he seemed to kind of mind in his own business. He was tall, had glasses, shaved head, shit like that. And Vince originally has sat in the front of the bus. And then a scheduled rest stop came. Vince moved to the very back row of the bus for some reason. Like, everyone gets back on the bus because the rest stop is like was a smoke break, stretch your legs, and get snacks sort of shit. You know what I just said, pretty much. Um, and Tim McLean comes back to his spot, which was also in the back of the bus. And you don't remember Tim, like we just talked about him for like two minutes. Um, you know, so Vince sat right next to Tim, you know, um, so Vince sat next to Tim's spot on the Greyhound after this red stop. So the passengers kind of just like assumed that the two didn't know each other at all because like they didn't, but like the other passengers also assumed that they didn't know each other at all. But you know, remember how Tim's just kind of like a friendly guy. So Tim obviously like, you know, like, hey, like, you know, like how you doing? Like you doing good? Like you do like a general like meet and greet pretty much. Um, so they talk for a little bit. And then once they like they get done doing all that shit, Tim puts on headphones and tries to like go to sleep, like leans his head out the window, shit like that. Um, so the bus had the return of Zoro playing on the tiny TVs. People are sleeping, reading, and at some point a scream is heard, like blood curdling, like being <laughs> being murdered. Um, scream coming from the very, very back of the bus. And so all that I'm going to say next is pretty much all according to witnesses. Like it's all very kind of like, you know, like this is just what the general idea of what happened was according to the people actually there said question mark. You know, like witnesses, Daphne, you fucking idiot. So this is all just according to the people, you know, what they were fucking there. So around 8.30, Tim was minding his own business and the man next to him, Vince, just pulled out a large knife, knife, and just, you know, out of his bag and started stabbing the living shit at Tim. Like particularly around his neck and his chest area. Tim starts to fight back, I'm assuming, like that's what I read. Um, trying to get Vince off of him, and Tim was either thrown or fall, or he, like, fell onto the bus floor. Um, since Tim and Vince were in the very back row, like, it went wall, Tim and Vince, and in the row of seats in front of him, which there were people at, by the way. Um, so he, he fucking, Vince was trapped, like, he was cornered, and it kind of made it really hard to fucking escape. Um, so... Bruce is the guy driving, and he's, like, screaming at Vince to stop stabbing the guy next to him. He's driving, so he can't do much. But eventually, Bruce pulls over to the side of the road, and everyone gets off. I just realized I said it's hard for Vince to escape, but I meant Tim. It's hard for Tim to escape. That's that's what I meant to say there. Not, not Vince. LOL. So everyone just eventually gets the fuck off the bus, and, um, they're screaming, like, so Bruce is just like screaming and just trying to reason with Vince. And this is when Vince kind of just turns his attention towards Bruce and starts walking towards him with a knife. 
Um, Bruce says, nah, I'm cool, and then locks Vincent inside the bus, barricading the door and locking the bus doors. But this this kind of leaves Tim, like, trapped alone with Vince inside of the bus. Um, the police were called, by the way. Like, that's, like, they're, they're kind of just hanging out. Like, people, like, that were on the bus are kind of hanging out. Like, they're just waiting for the fucking cops to come. So if you're kind of sitting here thinking, like, Daph, like, why aren't they trying to save Tim? You know, like, make sure he's alive and stuff. They didn't know if he was alive or not. Like, they're kind of just panicking and they didn't really know what to do. Like, they didn't know how to save him without letting Vince out. You know, like, obviously people kept on, like, getting on to the bus. And I'll kind of, like, talk about that in a bit. But, like, obviously people kept on, like, getting on to the bus to, like, talk to Vince. But I, I don't think there was any way for them to, like, actually fucking save Tim. Which c- kind of fucking sucks. Um... <laughs> But a truck driver nearby, like nearby, kind of sees the pulled over Greyhound and pulls over just to see if they need help. The truck driver, his name's Chris. He's he's a pretty cool guy. Um, he gets told on what's going on and like he helps barricade, barricade the door even more because Vince was trying to escape. Um, and since Vince wasn't allowed to escape, he kind of just went back to stabbing Tim. Like when he was bored, he's just fucking he's just started stabbing Tim again. So I think we've all seen like a Greyhound bus at least once in our lives. If not, go check the Instagram. They'll like they're giant fucking giant gray buses. Like they're literally, you know, they have really big windows and shit, and you can really see inside of them, especially at night when the lights are on. So everyone outside of the bus is literally just seeing Vince stab and just brutally attack him. Like eventually he starts pulling out his organs, specific body parts, just crazy shit like that. And everyone on the outside on the bus can see this and they're crying and puking and it's just a whole gross, just fucking like, no, I can't, bro. I can't, ugh. So another Greyhound um, was on its route and it just so happened to drive past the, like the other Greyhound pulled over. Um, and Bernie, the other Greyhound bus driver's guy, his name was Bernie. I guess you can only drive a Greyhound bus if your name starts with a B. Um, so he pulls over, figures out what's going on, and he's like, hey, maybe I can go on the bus and see if Tim's alive. I can probably do something, etc. So Bernie gets on the bus and is like yelling at Vince to stop and then asking like, why is he doing this? And Vince just says, quote, get emergency, end quote. Cool. That, that helps. Thanks a lot. What the fuck? So Vince just had like this crazy ass look in his eye um, while Bernie was on the bus that pretty much just translated to I'm going to fucking kill you. And Bernie hasn't even been able to look at him at all, which like what like what state of him, you know, like whatever, like what like what state Tim was in. Sorry. And it wasn't great. (laughs) Vince had been cutting so deep in Tim's body, like taking pieces of his flesh and shit. And he started like he was cutting into his neck so hard. He started to behead him like he was cutting so deep into Vince, like to Tim's neck that he had no head. Like his head was not attached to his body anymore because Vince is having fun, fun time with his body. This is kind of when they realize that they can't do anything to anything about Tim because he was fucking dead. Like there was no way that you're coming back from that. Like you are dead, sir. You were dead. So Bernie goes back to Bruce, the you know the original like Greyhound bus driver that was driving Vince and Tim. Um, so Bernie suggests that the um, that they cut off the power to the bus so Vince couldn't try to drive away, which I'm surprised he hasn't tried that already. Um, but the bus emergency immobilizer system was implemented, which just means that 
the bus just can't move like they broke like they broke the bus pretty much. So Vince just starts pacing in the bus. He tries to start the bus, but he can't. And you can just see how like angry and agitated my man Vince gets. Um, he says cool and just starts to like bang his way out of the bus. And he's like clawing and slashing at the glass door. Chris, the truck driver, Bernie, the other bus driver, and Bruce are just trying to make sure that just Vince just does not get out. Um, and Vince eventually just gives up on trying to escape through the door and just goes back to just mutilating and just fucking up him. So around 9 p.m., the police finally come. So all of what I just said from the whole my 20 minute thing about witnesses and until about now, that was all roughly over a half hour time period. A lot happened. Um, so we finally have the um, so we have Corporal Harder trying to negotiate with Vince. He's trying to convince him to just stop, get out, drop the knife, you know, just like just drop the knife through a small window of the bus. Um, because Corporal is on the outside of the bus and definitely not on the inside of the bus. So, and then Vince's reaction to the cops and the heavily armed negotiation unit that was dispatched was very different and it was just it was very chaotic um like it didn't really make a lot of sense like at one point he screamed i'm gonna stay in this bus forever he does not stay in that bus forever i'm gonna just tell you that now so high it gets very graphic here so i just i'm gonna a, a little warning again this is it gets graphic so just just be warned so Vince is, you know, while he's trying to be negotiated with, but he just pulls out a part of Tim's body, smells it, and then just fucking eats it. Like, just puts it in his mouth and just starts to fucking eat it. Um, witnesses also said that Vince would, like, lick the blood off his arms and his fingers and then, like, walk around with Tim's body's part and, like, show them to the people outside and then would stuff the organs in a small garbage bag or, like, he was cutting off the parts of his knife and, like, with fucking scissors, by the way, like, he would cut off the parts of Tim's body with scissors and a knife and then just, like, show it off, like, after he was done. Like, it was... Jesus Christ. Yeah, and eventually, he, um... <laughs> He picks up Tim's head and starts showing it off and walking around with that too. That <sighs> so around 9.30, 10-ish, the passengers from outside of the bus were transported to do an interview at the Brennan RCMP detachment, which pretty much means they're the Canadian Police Precinct since RCMP stands for the Royal Canadian Mountain Police. Mounted Police. It's the it's the motherfuckers on like with the, like the red coats and like the horses and shit that say sorry. You know, like the Canadian Police. <laughs> so pretty much all the passengers just get moved, and you know, and all of them are just telling the Canadian cops what happened. Um, and so July 31st, 2008, at 1.20 a.m., Vince broke a small window of the bus and started to, like, throw some of his shit out. Um, and then he said, fuck this, and then jumped out of the window and tried to, like, run for it. Um, the Canadian police, which I don't know why I keep on saying the Canadian police. I, I, I just find it funny, and it makes no sense why, and I'm sorry. Um, but they immediately get his ass, and Vince starts to, re, uh, to like, resist arrest, and then he was tasered. Twice, I believe. The RCMP um, go into the bus to kind of see what the fuck's happening, and it is brutal. Again, it gets a little more graphic here. His eyes, um, so Tim's ears, nose, and his tongue are all missing from Tim's face, 
and there was just garbage bags everywhere that had Tim's body parts and ligaments in there, and it was just a whole scary mess. Um, and they search Vince, and they find Tim's ears, nose, and tongue in his pockets. I don't know what he was planning on doing with those, but um, he was just a souvenir, I guess, a little trophy. Um, and then Tim's eyes and heart, or at least a compl- like a part of his heart, um, were completely missing. They couldn't recover it, couldn't find it, like didn't fucking, it wasn't anywhere in the bus, and it wasn't on Vince's person. So, and it wasn't on Tim's body either, clearly. So, um, everyone just kind of assumed that Vince ate them, and he got a little hungry and had a eyeball, I guess. At 10 in the morning, the other passengers that weren't psychopaths um, went on a little adventure to the store to go get clean clo- to go get clean clothes, since all of theirs had like blood and you know just shit on it from you know the night before. And then they were put on another bus to Winnipeg to get home. So we're actually gonna fast forward to March 3rd of 2009, which is Vince's Vincent's trial. Um, So during his trial, he pled not criminally responsible. So like the textbook definition is, quote, no person is criminally responsible for an act committed or on a mission made while suffering from a mental disorder that rendered the persons incapable of appreciating the nature and quality of the act or a mission of knowing it was wrong, end quote. I'm pretty sure that's not even fucking English, but it pretty much just in like really dumbed down terms. It means like they know and acknowledge that it happened, but they weren't fully mentally there. So, oh, well, like I did it, but like, uh, you know, like I was, you know, I got some shit going on in my head. So I didn't technically do it sort of thing, which. uh, mm. So Vince's story is like what he says during the trial is when he got on the bus, he heard voices that told him that he was in danger and that when he sat next to Tim, God, yeah, like capital G-O-D, told him to kill Tim, or, you know, as in Vince, um, would die immediately. So technically he was (laughs) self-defense. I don't think he used the self-defense part. That was just kind of something I added in there. But like, yeah, like I would be like, it's self-defense if I thought I was in danger searching. I don't fucking know. Don't read into that. I'm just being stupid. Um... Which, I feel like a lot of y'all are going to scream when I say, like, and when I tell y'all how he got sentenced. So he was charged with second-degree murder. Um, Second-degree is where you meant to kill them, but you didn't, like, premeditated it. Like, you didn't wake up that day and say, oh, I'm going to kill this person. It was more of, like, a spur-of-the-moment thing, but, like, you intentionally meant to kill someone, if that makes sense. Um, and he was found not criminally responsible, and this was because he was a diagnosed schizophrenic, but then failed to take his medication. So, yeah, that's cool, I fucking guess. Um, he was put into a mental facility, and then after six years, he was released back to the public in 2015, and in 2016, he changed his name to Will Baker. And, you know, now he lives independently, kind of, you know, chilling in fucking Canada, I guess. Um, and a lot of people were fucking pissed by that. I mean, like, livid that he was released. A lot of people thought he should have been incarcerated for one, or just a way longer, like, from what he did, because the extent of what he did, like, I... I don't know, like, like he can't just, like, maybe if he just, like, stabbed him once and said, oh, you know, like, mental break, but, like, no, like, he chopped off Tim's fucking head and then showed it off. Like, yeah, people are gonna be fucking pissed, you know? So in December of 28, 
no, December of 2008, um, Colleen, remember Tim's girlfriend from like 20 minutes ago? Um, she gives birth to Tim's son and she ends up losing custody to Tim's parents. I don't know why, like I couldn't find why they didn't want her to have custody or like they just thought she was unfit. So in case you were wondering about that, she gives birth and she loses custody. So that's cool. All right. And a lot of the passengers, I'm, I'm kind of just skipping around now, I'm sorry, but a lot of the passengers that saw Vidsley do, you know, did what he did to Tim McLean, pretty much all suffer from some sort of PTSD, uh, and Greyhound didn't offer any help. They helped compensate for the money they had to spend on the new clothes, and that was really it. Um, I think I read something that, like, at one point, like, a lady that was on the bus ended up giving birth, and then she, like had to give her kid up because she couldn't just like, I don't, I, fuck, I really don't remember the story, so just ignore that. Like, it's just pretty much just like, people just, they dealt with such bad PTSD that they couldn't move on and then they couldn't afford to get help for it. So, you know, like there wasn't just one victim sort of, it's kind of like, yeah, like Tim's dead and that fucking blows like heat and that's a shitty way to go out. But it wasn't just like, you know, everyone that was there that night got affected in some sort of fucking way. So it was just a fucking shitty night overall. And that's honestly all I really have, you know, on this case today. Like, it's just, it's, it's shitty and it blows forever and involved. Like, it's just a shitty fucking situation all around. And, you know, it is said that Vince is getting help that he needs and that he deeply regrets his role in the murder of, not even his role, he fucking, like, he regrets killing, like, Tim. Like, he, you know, I don't really know what his, like, entire, like, mind process, mindset is on it. So go ahead and tell me what you think, either in my Instagram or on my email. My email is seriouslywhatthefrick33 at gmail, and then my Instagram is just seriouslywhatthefrick underscores under every fucking word. Um, you know, just let me know what y'all think. Like, was this something... I don't know. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. I'm just gonna end the fucking episode. Um, yeah, I'll go ahead and see you guys next week with a brand new episode that will make you say seriously with the frick. Stay safe, make decent decisions, and I see y'all later. Bye, y'all.